0: Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20 sided die. I'm Jordan.
1: And I'm Sabrina.
0: How's it going, Sabrina?
1: Well, I am back after many, many technical difficulties and magic of technology, which suddenly started working again.
0: Yeah. So, there's I that. don't even know why or how, but I'm excited that it's working again. And I'm excited to be back. The way it's supposed to now. You. Yeah. I don't need to include an Xbox
1: account
0: this time (laughs) around. Yeah, you don't have to go from Xbox to your computer to just all of that, like, hoops that we had to jump through. Oh, it's just naturally working. Yeah, so this is going to be my first double recording week because I recorded earlier this week with Cody. um, And hopefully, this episode will be a lot less frustrating than that one.
1: Oh no! I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, on the plus side, my husband says that he will listen to the recording that I was in at the very least. So, oh man, uh, you know, that's so sweet. Gateway.
0: He, gateway he won't listen. He won't listen to me, but he'll listen to you. That's all that uh, counts. I mean,
1: <laughs> gateway drug to the whole podcast. That's Hopefully. that's the hope, right?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, and as usual, has there been anything that you've been reading or listening to or watching recently that you would like to talk about?
1: So this is a real flashback and nostalgia bit, Uh but I just recently finished reading His Dark Materials again for probably the first time since high school. And now technically this time around I read it through Audible, so I read it as an audiobook this time around and last time I read it as a book um and i found i had a lot more tolerance for the last book than i did the first time around but it was still one of those exhaustive he's trying to tie up every single loose end and yep. that was exhausting <laughs> um so it's never gonna be my favorite series but i found it i responded more fondly to it than i had about 10 years ago so that was nice
0: honestly i love audible and i, I like i found a love earlier this year for audiobooks just being able to like let someone read to me rather than, like, sitting and reading because I can do stuff while listening to audiobooks.
1: And as adults now, we don't have the luxury <laughs> of yeah. just ignoring those dishes or ignoring the grocery lists or the cleaning like we did as kids. So, no, I absolutely agree. Like, I now have the luxury of uh, being able to read because God knows that I go insane if I don't. Um I, but I don't have time to sit down with you know three hundred four hundred page books like I used to and just do nothing but read. Um, so now yeah, I have to listen here. I have to listen to my stories, I, but I need my story. I need my I need my production. I mm-hmm. need to be escaping into another world where other things are happening so that's yeah. nice
0: and th- that's exactly what I was learning with audiobooks, like' cause I got all burnt out because I listened to a lot of podcasts and then finally just got completely burnt out by the all the pockets like i need a book to listen to and so i listened to a couple of books and just got so like deep dived into listening to audiobooks again i was like yeah i don't think i can go back
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah it's good because like life is so busy if, especially at this age where like full-time jobs yes. and just having to just like you said the dishes aren't going to clean themselves and like my apartment's not going to clean this podcast isn't going to get edited by itself like so i have stuff i need to be doing and then it's like actually be able to sit down with the book has been fun um i mean for on the stuff i've been enjoying recently i won't go too deep into it because i just did this on the episode with cody and i talked for like 15 minutes but um I actually because we haven't been recording podcasts too often, is I had time to actually be watching T V and movies and stuff and it was great.
1: <gasps> What'd you watch?
0: I well. Ugh, ugh, I got back into good. anime got back into anime for a little bit and watched um Gundam and um started watching Castlevania, which has been fun because is oh, yeah. Cas- great. But um and then yesterday, we tried to watch the chilling... Oh, this is ironic, and I'm sorry. But we tried to watch the Sabrina, chilling tales of
1: I started Sabrina. that the other day. It has been weird hearing my name being said over <laughs> and over again. And this is from somebody who... Um, And I apologize for blowing up the microphone just now because of that. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) as somebody who uh, was called the Teenage Witch from about third grade until sixth grade, until it stopped being cool to watch of the Teenage Witch, uh, it has been a real treat and a bit of a kind of like culture shock you know even though it's a personal culture shock yeah yeah it's just like this is a very different sabrina than i remember and yet at the same time it's also very similarly the same because she's just a sweet girl who wants to keep her friends safe and just wants to do good while still loving her magic so like there's some still things that are just very similar and i like it a lot
0: i never really watched the original sabrina the teenage witch like I just I just remember being kind of a TV sitcom, quirky stuff happening. Oh, yeah. And then we watched, terrible, watched the but... first episode of this, and I was like, what in the world? <laughs> this is not at all what I remember, but it, it's interesting to say the least.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I've been watching it with Aaron. It's definitely a very good, like, little Halloween show to watch. It's perfect for this time of year, I feel like, for a number of reasons.
0: Other than that, the only, like, thing i've watched in the last few days is i watched um saw the new halloween movie speaking of halloween Uh-oh. and yeah it was it was good the there, there's tiny things that i didn't like about it but i mean female empowerment hell yeah dude Yay. like jamie lee curtis like is awesome and i hate
1: to be a big oh no. like <laughs> You know, buzzkill, but I hate scary movies. So oh, while I enjoy no. the Halloween season for the costumes and the fun, <laughs> I hate it for the scares and the terror. I will not go to a haunted house. Uh, uh, the, I've
0: never been to a haunted house. Well, I've been to one, and it was awful.
1: <laughs> the last haunted house I went to I hated with a terrible passion because the very last, haunt, the very last little house that we went through was a insane asylum. And as somebody who works in the mental health field yeah. and, no, and being very intimately aware of the literal history of mental health, like, a lot of it was terrifyingly, like, this probably happened at some point for real, for real. And uh, it was very upsetting. I almost punched a guy. So I don't <sighs> go back to them.
0: Yeah, no, I I get that. I've never been to a, a haunted house, and the one I went to it was like they were like trying to do this new thing where it was like completely pitch black inside, and then things would, like move around, but it was awful because you couldn't see where you were going. So, Ugh. but I mean, I I enjoy a good horror movie. Mel does not so it is I, well, I usually have Mel to go, go by myself a
1: Cartoon together.
0: <laughs> I usually have to go to horror movies by myself and I'm perfectly fine with that as long as there's other people in the theater I went to one and there was no one else in the theater but me and it was terrifying ah
1: <gasps> That would be so scary. Oh god, yeah. that sounds like the absolute worst thing ever to imagine. <coughs> I can't yeah
0: it. it. Like that's like because I don't think the movie itself was that scary, but the fact that like you're alone and just I kept having the paranoid thoughts of like, what if someone comes in and like tries to kill me? Like I'm all by myself. No one will know. <laughs> the movie's loud. No one will hear my screams. They'll just think that's the movie. I mean, and so yeah, I you had that. the person in
1: the photo booth who arranged the hit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well yeah, that, um Halloween was good. Um and then like right before we started recording, I just beat the video game um Hellblade's the Newest Sacrifice, which speaking of actually does like a realistic take on psychosis and stuff like that. So it, it was okay. interesting. And I actually
1: started up playing Skyrim again. Uh, But this time, instead of being a sneaky uh, archer, which I have been every single time I ever pick up that game, uh, this time instead, I'm actually a mage. And so I keep actually using magic, which I never touched the first time I played Skyrim. I played the most difficult build, which was a sneaky archer. So I kept dying for the first 15 levels. But once you get past those first 15, I mean, like, you can literally walk up to people, they're like, someone there Mm, must be the wind as you literally kneel right by their feet (laughs) shooting them in the face and i mean that was fun um but the constantly dying because you can't get by and lydia dying because i sacrificed her to the ice troll um that was a little less fun
0: (laughs) jeez yeah um again i will disclaimer this with i've never played skyrim (gasps) period (laughs) i will I eventually like I have it I own it because someone gave it to me sure. but I've never played Skyrim it, one day because everybody tells me about Skyrim and I I just know I will get eaten alive by that game because it is yeah. not a
1: game you play unless you have several hours because, oh, just yep. one more dungeon. Oh, just one more dungeon. Ooh, yeah. Let me just finish that one side quest. It's right there. And then soon you realize it's 2 o'clock in the morning. You have a migraine from watching the TV for too long. And you don't know when you're going to be able to sleep because you have to wake up in three hours.
0: Yeah, it's it's a time suck. It's one of, Like, I've played games where I got so into that I look at the clock and I was like, oh, it's 4 a.m. I should probably go to bed. Yeah. And, I yeah, have never I, I been able do that to again. play
1: <laughs> so late that I'm so tired. Uh, I have the blessed joy of being an old person in a young person's body. And I don't <laughs> like to stay up late.
0: Oh, um, I, I so
1: I <laughs> come one o'clock in the morning, like on New Year's Eve, I want to kick everybody out of my house so I can go to bed. I'm too tired. I don't even want to stay up to midnight. I just want everybody go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. By the
1: way, Jordan, you're invited to New Year's.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I assumed as much, but thank you. I can't yes, wait. It's absolutely. always exciting. But yeah, we'll get, we'll get kicked out. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yes, it will be.
0: So are you ready to, um, roll initiative and do the world's?
1: I am. I have my Matt Mercer DM dice uh Ooh. and I'm ready to go.
0: You're gonna be going up against my gold cleric dice.
1: <gasps> oh my god, you have a gold cleric dice. Oh I no, it's, so bad. I just dropped
0: it. Speaking of Well I now know. you know it's oh bad. Right before we roll initiative, last time we did this was the um world where it was non-sentient non-human objects yes i mess it up every time i say it okay and then the last episode that was released well that will be released would have been i just recorded oh the nightmare worlds of me and cody but so this week is two warring worlds and why they're warring and i'm actually excited to see what you did because i Honestly, I got way too convoluted with mine, but I'm excited with what I did with it.
1: I might have gone too far with mine as well. It's (laughs) it's another one of those, like, it's a very high cognitive one. And so, like, (laughs) I don't know. I might have been too high up in my brain on it.
0: Oh, man. Okay, well, I'm excited. I'm going to go ahead and roll.
1: Rolling. You're
0: going first. No, I'm not.
1: I got (laughs) a four.
0: I got a three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) This oh, is the okay. exact opposite of what happened with me and Cody, because he rolled oh, a two it? and I rolled a five.
1: Oh, <laughs> boy. Okay. Well, all right then. So I guess we start, I want to make sure I'm close to the mic, uh, with the geography of the planet. Okay. Yep. Um, so the planet's a pretty small planet. It only has two continents on it and large bodies of water. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of land mass, but enough to support some pretty decent-sized population, some good-sized cities. Um... The seasons are mild, except when they aren't, and I'll get into that, uh, because it (laughs) depends on who's winning. Oh. You see, when one side is winning, there are bright, clear skies with strong sunshine, and it's like the perfect beach day. The day you put on a ton of sunscreen and garden or go for a bike or swim. It's a day for lazily napping on a blanket in a field. Um, When the other side is winning... Stormy seas are abundant and the skies are dark and cloudy and it's just a very different kind of world. It's a world where you snuggle in under a blanket Hmm. beside a hot, a warm fire with a good book because you know it's going to be a while before you can go to the grocery store. The kind of weather where you buy emergency supplies because you don't know if you'll be stranded. It's definitely an opposite kind of world. (laughs) And this is an excerpt from The Diary of a Child in Sonskin.
0: Okay. Diary.
1: It's finally sunny again. The poet finally driven back so we can see the sun again. But Mama says to stay close anyway because they might try to kill the sun again. I asked her how they could kill the sun since we keep bringing it back and they're just clouds anyway. Mama slapped me, saying I was being traitorous, that we needed the sun, that nothing could grow without it. She sat me down and explained how the Poe hate the light and tried to stop a sunskin from growing. They try to get in our way of everything. I cried and said sorry, and she kissed my th- the cheek that she slapped. It's the Poe's fault. If we sunny all the time, then Mama wouldn't get so mad. She gets mad on cloudy days. Jean says that it's not just the sun, but they try to change everything. If they could, they would make it winter forever, but not Christmas, and it would always be night. I don't think he's right, but I won't say it because Mama will get mad again. He's going to join the war soon, since he's good at weather programming. (laughs) He's got so many prizes from school for his projects. We had nothing but sunshine in our backyard for weeks, even when the neighbors were under the five-day cloud cover. Becca was so jealous of my tan that week because we all knew she had used UV lights that week. And I didn't. And I was the only one who did not
0: Yeah. Screw Becca. So,
1: <laughs> screw Becca. <laughs> Basically, the world's weather system is programmed through meteorological technology. Sunny days are preferred in Sonskin. And in Poe, cloudy days and rainy days are preferred. The war is pretty well Closely balanced. So one might win for a few days or weeks, but the other balances it out overall in terms of overall weather. So depending on what side kind of dictates the weather, who's got the technological advances for the moment, and they just keep kind of arms racing themselves to control the world that they live okay.
0: in. Interesting. Is that your geography?
1: Yeah, that's my geography I, huh. To be honest, it's it's gravity's normal. I mean, <laughs> night sky is a night sky depending on who wins. You you see clouds and it's cooler or it's full of stars and sunshine. Um yeah. it's definitely a, depending on who wins.
0: Okay. Interesting. I'm excited to see more of like to see more of the story because this is I find this interesting.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to hear yours.
0: Okay. This All of my sections are actually pretty long, so buckle in. Hopefully I can remember what voices I chose.
1: (laughs) You could laugh. Okay,
0: so this first section is... Okay, yeah, I'm going to, you know, read the characters as I go. So this comes from Lydia Morgan, and she is the lieutenant of the Terran colonies. The black ships have finally pierced our skies. Their attacks have been relentless, and I fear the war is almost lost. We cannot hold them back. Their technology is far more advanced than ours. It won't be long before we are completely wiped out from all of existence. We could barely keep ourselves alive, much less hope to end this war. But we tried to defend ourselves nonetheless. Did we truly deserve this? And this next section comes from Magnus Anderson, Commander-in-Chief of Space Colony Alpha, the center of the cluster. This is years before the War of the Black Ship. I am the elected Commandant of the United Space Colonies of Terra. We took to the stars after we saw the signs that our home world, Terra, was beginning to die. The land was overpopulated, the air became too polluted to breathe, the water undrinkable, resources and food were running out so we had to flee in order to survive. We had sent a large team of people to explore the galaxy in order to find a new home for us as the planets in the immediate vicinity are uninhabitable. But we lost all trace of that team, so we had to look for other options. We found that the five planets that surrounded us were rich with materials and resources, so we mined them in order to create the space colonies that we live on to this day. There are five residential colonies, six mining colonies, three colonies for food processing, and where the factories, are, uh, factories develop product. In the center of all of these is one large colony where the government is run from. The inside of the colonies were modeled like our home planet. The air is breathable, there is water that flows throughout, and there is soil for planting and farming. The sky inside of the space colonies was created in order to replicate what life would be like on Terra. During the day, the sky shows blue with clouds, and at night you can see a moon and stars. The scientists even built in a weather cycle, so rain and snow exist as well as four seasons. This took decades to develop, but it feels as if, we were, as if we never left Terra. All of the colonies orbit Central, the government colony, where the laws are made, the mining companies are maintained, and the Applied Science Division develops new technology. The colony is huge, and there is space where government officials, CEOs, the rich, and other important figures live. The purpose of Central is to make the choices that will help our civilization strive. We've had to make hard choices, but our people live in striving a way we could not if we still lived on Terra. There are five planets outside of Terra that orbit its same sun. These planets are Octus, Mirin, Sans, Dacon, and Negus. We use the five planets to mine for materials. That is how we survive out here. Every material is necessary for life on the colonies, due to this, a large portion of the population works in the mines daily to bring happiness and prosperity. Their work is very much appreciated. Without their sacrifice, we would not exist. Shuttles fly out to the mines monthly, where the miners live in safe zones that we have built. Every week, a shuttle is sent back and forth, bringing back materials that we need. Some say this is going to destroy the planets, the same way Terra was destroyed, but I believe everything we do is necessary. This next section, as I said, my geography is very long. Next section comes from Danielle Law, Voyager Captain. We were tasked with finding a new world to replace our home world that we killed. We took too much from our world and never gave back. We didn't treat our world with respect and it died. It was our fault. We were the ones to blame. We could not find a habitable planet in our galaxy, we decided to branch out and voyage way past our own galaxy to find a new world. We lost all communications with our homeland and found that any comms that we sent out would take years, maybe even decades, to reach our home. Maybe by the time we they did get our messages, there would be nothing left. We were beginning to lose all hope, but that's when we found it. It was a large world, almost three times the size of our home, and it was beautiful. We came to call it Paradise. Paradise seemed to have seven moons, and on these seven moons were what we believed to be research facilities. Unfortunately, we could not yet decipher the language the research was in, but there seemed to be plans for space-ready vessels and weapons of all sorts. Despite the load of information in each facility, they seemed to be abandoned by all sentient life, as did the world of Paradise. From our scans of the outside, Paradise was completely forest and striving planet. The air was breathable, there were many lakes and rivers, but most of the planet was green. Because the planet was large, it seemed like the day and night cycle were much longer than what was back on Terra, though the moon, moons provided many eclipses. Our next step was to explore the world below. Part of me did not want to go down there. I did not want to disrupt a seemingly perfect life. We killed our own world. But this time, it will be different. We knew what we did was wrong. Ander has sent a message back to our home world telling them of our findings, but who knows when they will get that message. And that is the end of my geography.
1: Okay, I want to make sure I kind of like caught up with all of that because it it, it was a lot of information. So, (laughs) humans left Earth. Yes. And they found this place called Paradise, which is part of a system of a cluster system. Okay. Or
0: so okay. So there there are two separate stories going on at once. So okay. human so basically Earth or Terra as I call it in this, it's we're gonna call it Terra because it's not technically Earth, even though it's Earth. Okay. So okay. humans basically overpopulated, overpolluted, and like destroyed Terra, so they had to leave. They knew that their home was dying and knew that the cluster of planets around them were um, uninhabitable, so they sent a research team of scientists out like way past the planets that they knew of to find a new home, so uh-huh. in the meantime they got materials ready and they built um, space colonies, and that's also a cluster of a bunch of space colonies where they live in basically satellite stations um, that on the oh, inside okay. are made to be like their homeworld, and then the scientists went way past the galaxies that they were in and found the planet paradise which has which is gigantic it has many moons but is seemingly uninhabited right now even though it is the perfect living space for the humans so yeah you good
1: (laughs) yes yeah okay okay so i guess what comes up is flora so despite the war there is a wide variety of plants living in this world um Because this war is not necessarily fought with weapons. Um, This is not a, a war of murder or violence. It's a war for control over domination and influence, I guess. So, despite the war, there's a wide variety of plants living in this world. Often living close together with very different needs. And yet both can thrive. Dark, low-light blooming plants can grow beside lush, sun-loving plants. Plant life is plentiful. However, gardens, especially public ones, tend to be almost another warground. The plants of Poe are considered weeds and pests to the sunskin, while their plants are considered to be such by the Poe. It is not uncommon to find Park's gardens to have been completely rearranged in the course of the night, with some plants removed or placed in the back, and then the next day to have these turned around instead. In the wild, plants seem to ignore the war between the worlds and grow symbiotically, though it is traitorous to point this out, since it is obviously enemy propaganda. And I have an excerpt from a, from a rejected thesis of Archibald Crane from Poe regarding radiated flora. It seems that untouched lands and areas seem to be none the worse for the presence of weeds and the pestilence among the wildlife. In fact, despite the presence of these fireside flora, the Cestus Nocturnum seems to be flourishing. It is my hypothesis that I will argue in the presence of the light-dwelling flora, it is in fact protective of the twilight plain flora, keeping them in their shade even in the radiation of the day, and their presence on farms and gardens may in fact be beneficial." And again, the f- in the wilderness, the animals are unaffected by the war, seeming to live normally. Um, again, this is not a war of destruction. This is a war of, of control. Okay. Um, the greatest changes seen in civilized territory regarding animal life is in places like zoos, where as part of effort to limit propaganda promoting the enemy, various exhibits have been shuffled around. However... This has been limited by animal rights groups who note that animal life should not be considered Poe or Sunskin, since they create the balance in the ecosystem. And this is more widely accepted um, compared to plant life as being weeds or or not weeds, because animals continue to live no matter what the weather is. Um, Some are more finely attuned to certain circumstances than others. Um, But, you know, animal lives matter and all that. So... The uh, attacks on more public grounds, like zoos and animal parks of the sort, um, tend to be uh, less used as a, as a a a place where the control is trying to be established, compared to like pu- public gardens where it's it's plant life that's being, for example, a rose bush might originally be out in the front as a you know like forward facing item, and then maybe a a more um, I don't know, like a night-blooming jasmine bush might be then replaced um, as a the, mo- the centerpiece of a garden. Um, and seemingly innocuous things like that, that change the aspect of, is this a, uh, as they called it, a, a twilight plant or a radiation or fireside plant? Um, so the people fight for control by showing what they prefer in the flora and the fauna
0: okay so are wait are you done first of all
1: yeah 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 yeah. that's it yeah
0: okay so what i'm getting and correct me if i'm wrong is that this sure. is a war of control and one of the biggest effects between the war of control is the weather
1: yes uh that is one of the most easily seen however that is not the only okay. thing um And I guess I should kind of explain what these two worlds look like. Um, They overlap. Okay. So this is not one country versus another. It's not one planet versus another. It's a planet versus itself as two sides of a faction exist on slightly separated planes that are nonetheless affected by one another. So... Imagine, like, in Dungeons & Dragons, how the Feywild has very similar prominent features as the material plane, where if there's a volcano in one place, there's, like, some kind of volcano, or similar kinds of fiery place located very similarly. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is with here, um, but with more direct interference, where the Poe can literally affect the plant's... And the arrangements that the others share, but they are never met a Poe. A sunskin has never met a Poe and a son and a Poe has never met a sunskin. But they fight each other.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: These are two literally worlds okay. apart. So
0: so fighting is in the same place. Over, so they are completely overlapped. Like,
1: completely um, overlapped. Okay. If they for example, if somebody were to create a garden in in a public yard and that's, that's the job is they're the parks and rec department and they set it up one way. The other side can be like, no, this is our park. This is how we want it. This is what should be prominent. This is what it should look like and come in and interfere. And they both affect it. So it's not uncommon to see a building with like skylights Mm -hmm. that are then like maybe covered up with drywall (laughs) later in the building process. Or other, you know, similar kinds of events where one af- literally affects the other in very realistic ways.
0: Okay. Okay, I get it. Yeah, no, I really like that.
1: I'm up in my head again, yeah. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> I, 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 No, I actually, I, I like, it. in... I actually did a... Not to the point, but I did do a similar world to this where they were overlapping, but not to the same point that you're getting. Because neither world technically affected the other one, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But... Anywho, so I'm good to go for Yes. Okay. Um This is like also I wrote this what two months ago at this point.
1: Oh, it's it's been a while <laughs> that we've been trying to figure this
0: nonsense out. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> There's been such like a gap in like my memory, all these things. So this comes from so for this is my Flora and Fauna section. This comes from Sean Lewis, foreman of the Negus Mind. And just a quick reminder, neg or Negus or Negus or however I pronounce it the first time is one of the planets that the um, space colonies mines from. So in Okay, okay. So here I go. Out here on the Negus mine, we mine everything. Every material, every chemical, every mineral, every single thing. We mine even if we don't deem it useful at first. Because of the mining, most of the flora and fauna on Negus has withered or died out, much like it did on Terra. When the planet died, we took what we could with us, but due to the hard transition from Terra to the space colonies, all of our surviving plants and animals died out. Luckily, the scientists still had the genetic codes of the plants, so they were able to create genetic equals. Clones. The clones of the former plant life are grown and harvested on the space colonies in order to provide nutrients for all the people. But because the crops all have the same genetic code, if one problem arises, it will wipe out all of them. When it comes to animals and eating meat, the scientists were able to come up with a synthetic equivalent to meat. This equivalent food was made to have the same properties of meat. I quickly lost the voice I was doing. Nutrients and all, but it just isn't the same as the real thing. That is one of the biggest hauls here on Negus. The means necessary to create synthetic food in order to feed our people back on the space colonies. It is hard work, but it is what we need to do to survive. But is this really the way to do it? We are harvesting everything from these planets, and I am starting to see the same trends as on Terra. This is happening all over the other worlds as well. Are we killing the planets just as we did Terra? Our communities continue to grow and thus demand of materials grows. Every month we need more and every month these planets seem to give less. We need to find a better way, but then again, who's going to listen to me? This next section comes from Ander Baninoff, Voyager Biologist. Under Danielle's direct orders, I left the moon and took a small team with me to explore the planet below. The planet is absolutely perfect. The air is fresh and breathable. It seems to give us energy with every inhale. Because of this, the plant plant life strives. They take in light from the sun along with compounds from the air to provide nutrients to the soil. The soil is rich and allows for more plant life to grow. The plants cover most of the ground, making it hard not to step on them when walking. In areas densely populated by plant life, trees grow providing shade for animals and the plants that don't need an abundance of life to survive. There are dense forests where the animal animal life strives. These areas do not cover the world, but are very abundant. The animal life is much like that on Terra, but we have seen many new species. It seems like every day we find a new species of animal. Many are mammalian, but we have seen reptiles, insects, and birds. The plants benefit the animal life, and the animals mutually benefit each other. It seems like on this world, life works perfectly in sync. With every day that we stay, we see how this place is paradise. As we continued to explore, we found caves, and in them, we saw the remnants of sentient life. There were villages inside the caves that seemed to be technologically advanced. From what we could tell, the sentient life died out, leaving the world behind to grow. We found video logs of the past civilization. As we could not yet decipher their language, we could not understand them, nor could, nor could figure out the mystery of where they went. After weeks, Danielle decided we were to stay in this land, learn from those who came before, but with one stipulation. We were always to give back to this planet. We would not take more than we gave in return. This would be our new home. Danielle was very wary of it, but I sent another communications to our homeworld. I told, told them about paradise. I told them we had found a home. Though, due to her wariness, I have not yet given coordinates of, to our location. Sometimes, I think she might be right. If they were to come here, they would do to this planet what they did to our home world. But alone, we could grow with this world rather than watch it die. And that is the end of my flora and fauna.
1: Oh man, it's, you know, like this war is really shaping up. Um, Definitely two different ideals, like one one side is starving to death, literally, as they take everything they can, and it's just never enough. And this other side sees this beautiful place that they know would be, you know, just essentially raped Mm. of everything that Mm -hmm. makes it perfect. And it just be destroyed. Um, it reminds me one time of an article I read once about how it doesn't matter how many planets we find and try to populate to save ourselves if we begin to overpopulate the earth mm-hmm. we would be like bacteria Yep. and a bacteria grows exponentially and if we just have a new space to grow in we would fill it so quickly it wouldn't even matter so it just really reminds me of that
0: and that's kind of where I got the idea for this world like especially with the one side of it being Terra, and like they find these other um, planets, and they quickly did do to these planets what they did to their homeworld, where they start harvesting everything. Oh, they start taking materials, even if they don't need them, because maybe they'll find a use for it later. So, like that idea of like, hum- it's again, I did this on like two other worlds, but like humanity as a plague almost is like humanity going to the worlds and kind of destroying them, even though they are just trying to strive to survive. And then the other side of it is, like, they originally went off, like, to find a new home. But then, like, realized if we come to – if we bring the rest of our world to paradise, just the same – we're just going to keep cycling and cycling. And so we'll see where it goes from there. But your turn for either history or society current. I don't know which one comes next.
1: I have just recently realized that my documentation – for this uh didn't save so i only have up to society history and then i'm gonna have to bs the rest good luck uh, based on creativity and all that so that's fun um but then i kind of i kind of started talking a little bit about this um no one quite remembers when the divide happened and what started the war afterwards some say it was because the world's previous environment had been but conflict caused things to become more and more unstable and extreme, leading to danger between the peoples on either side. Either way, the Poe and the Sunskin no longer live on the exact plane of existence, but instead in the beside. Okay. Philosophers believe that this was expected to be a solution to overpopulation and extreme changes in the environment, but many say that this is baloney, essentially, because it... The populations don't seem to have changed compared to the previous days. There doesn't seem to be too many people to support, and it seems to be the same. And to be honest, they aren't sure if the extreme changes in environments caused the war, or if the war caused the extreme changes in the environment. But somehow, there was a divide. People who used to live side by side, but maybe in conflict, now no longer live side by side, but continue the conflict. But without each seeing their enemy, they don't engage in destructive warfare anymore. Now it's a warfare of control. It is a warfare of designing the architecture of buildings suited to their culture and having to find their plans changed or the project going in a different direction halfway through and having to accommodate it. Mm -hmm. At this point, they're not certain if it is some kind of god deity system attempting to make peace between two very different peoples by removing the opportunity to kill each other, or if this is just the way it's meant to be, we're two sides in conflict and having to strive to outdo one another. Nonetheless, the goal is not violence anymore, but instead conquering through being better, more clever, more advanced, more devious in their plans to fit their ideals it's a war of propaganda not of death
0: interesting
1: and that's that society's history this has been happening for centuries now um and it's only been in the last recent 50 or so years that they've really been able to make the advances technologically that have allowed them to start truly affecting one another like adjusting the weather um and and things like that before it was it was more small scale okay. in terms of setting up important places of businesses and you know like monuments and things like that and trying to make it one sense more sunskin and less poe or to eliminate the existence of poe in the design of things but because both sides are doing it neither one is successful okay it's a constant breaking down or rebuilding of everything or constantly working around another's attempts at their plans.
0: And, and okay, so I'm sorry to see, it's like that is why, like, the mom had such, like, a negative reaction at the um, diary well, journal entry at the yes. beginning. It's because, like, you start, like, after trying to do something, then having it completely undone, you start to hate the other side. And then, like, the propaganda builds from that. It's like, oh, the Poe are this type of people who do this. Like, it's very it's very interesting, because I like how your war just straight up, like you said, isn't a war of violence. Like, they're not, like, taking a sword to each other. They're It's just a war of... Um,
1: they're almost evil phantoms yeah. ruining their lives.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I actually really like that. Because...
1: 'Cause neither a Poe nor Sunskin have seen each other in centuries. Yeah. They have no idea what each other look like. They could literally look exactly like one another. They could literally be the difference between you and me, and there is no real important mm-hmm. difference in that except for, you know, superficial things. And yet they are convinced that each side is convinced is the other is evil, is terrible, is trying to ruin them and theirs and dis- and, dis- and destroy everything they believe is good in society. Because each one has a very differing view of it.
0: Yeah, I really like this. You, you're you doing a great job. Look at that. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> well,
0: because like a lot of the times, especially because I'm trying not to do this as much, but a lot of the times I take a very literal approach to the worlds. Like, for example, the world of dragons. I literally made a world made of dragons.
1: Okay, but considering <laughs> Cody just, like, blew his world up and went, there's dragons, and then you made a world of dragons, uh, like, okay, sure, whatever, but, like, lo- Cody took the cheat way, you literally made a, a world you followed of dra- the prompt. Yeah, but I, I like,
0: I like to take literal stances, and this one, I mean, there's literally going to be a war, as noted from the very intro, of the black ship's coming, which I will be getting to probably in society history, maybe? I don't know. Let's find out. Getting with society history. (laughs) This comes from Janice Elwood, commander-in-chief, well, the new commander-in-chief. She was the successor to Magnus Anderson, the um, first voice that we heard of, heard from from the beginning. So this is years after like the, well, you'll hear, but years after the colonies like started mining from the five different planets and now they were starting to run out of materials and now this is kind of the next step. So I'm just kind of yeah. step i'm stepping forward in history even though So like jump so the beginning was like where everything is at right now and then everything leading up to that is what the story is so anyways this is janice elwood commander in chief over the years we had to make a lot of tough decisions the five planets in the area were harvested of materials to the point that they were barren and falling apart We needed to find a new source of materials, but there was nothing close enough for us to justify the risk. That's when a team of deep-sector scientists created a way to tear reality, making portals where we could travel to new planets in an instant. We found more places to harvest from, giving us a way to keep ourselves sustained. We flourished due to the new source of planets more colonies were built, and the wealth spread. Though, there were times when the portals collapsed, locking our people on the other side. These were the risks we had to take. Years before Magnus died, he received a report from our exploration. They said they found a new planet, but they were still running tests. A few days ago, I received another message saying that the planet is habitable and full of life. It seems that due to the distortion between galaxies, their communications are taking years to send. We are now tracking the initial location of the message so we can travel out and meet our brethren. Even if we cannot inhabit the planet, at the very least, we can harvest it. From the reports, it seems like this planet is large enough to sustain us for decades, maybe even centuries. Only time will tell. I truly hate that voice after starting it. And I also
1: hate this woman, so I think this is fitting for this character. I hate her so. I was much. trying to go
0: for like when I—that's kind of the voice I heard when I read Harry the umbrage from Harry Potter. Was just like, oh, this one of those like obnoxious.
1: She's a terrible human being, and I already want to
0: murder her. Okay, and this is the last leg of my society history. This comes from Danielle Law again, and she is now the successor of the First Sons. We have been staying in paradise for years now, and finally decoded the language of those who came before us. I didn't know their secrets would be so hard to hear, but we had to hear them nonetheless. The ancients existed on this planet centuries before mankind even became aware. They called themselves the First Sons, those who inherited this land of paradise. They were to protect the galaxy and watch it strive. Unlike us, instead of harvesting and growing for our own benefit, they cultivated the universe in order for it to grow. They had been watching us for years, fearing that one day we would lead to the downfall of all of existence. They believed their God wanted them to protect the universe for all of eternity. Eventually, they concluded that the only way to do such was through genetic altering. Their goal was to change themselves into the perfect beings. As they worked on themselves, a small sector of them created the moon research bases in order to develop weapons and warships if humanity back on Terra ever got out of line. As if they had their finger on a trigger, they were ready to wipe us out if they ever had to. The first sun saw that we destroyed our own world and watched as we began with plans to spread our disease to the rest of the universe. But fortunately for us, they died out. Due to the altering, their genetic makeup all became the same. And when one tiny disease surfaced, surfaced on paradise, it infected them all. Instead of taking the risk of spreading the disease to the land, they quarantined themselves where they died out in the far reaches of their galaxy. There's a temporal distortion between paradise and our home world. Many decades have passed back home while only a few years have passed for us on this journey. We use their technology to check back in on our home world. Things have gotten much worse. Like the disease that they are, they have led to the destruction of every single world in their path. Without thinking, they have sucked every planet dry and continue to spread through the galaxy. They do this thinking this is the way to survive, but their processes are not sustainable. If they took one second to find a better way, we wouldn't have to make this decision." But the decision was unanimous. They must be stopped. The First Sons were right in wanting to wipe us out. We will become the First Sons' successors and finish what they started. We found the warships, drones, weapons, and battle plans. We learned to use each of these, creating a mothership where the other warships work remotely. From there, we created specialized suits to hide our identities from our own people. We plan to flood their united colonies with these black ships in order to wipe the slate clean. Protecting paradise and the rest of the universe is our only goal. It won't be easy, as I know they will fight back. It is in their nature to survive. That's how things got so bad in the first place. Unfortunately, I know it won't be a small battle, as they have the tenacity of cockroaches. They may be our own people, but we will fight until every last one is wiped out. And that is society history.
1: Oh, man. It's definitely one of those things where I'm looking at it and going, they're not even viewing themselves as human anymore almost. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a them and a us. And a we have to wipe them out. Yes and they i think it sounds like they're willing to wipe themselves out in the process as yes. so long as humanity doesn't exist anymore and they're willing to essentially cause an entire species wide genocide yeah because they recognize themselves as the bacteria yep as a disease yep. and that's that's haunting
0: yeah it is
1: you know cuz it it's it's not even a matter of like they're wiping that kind of humanity out and this humanity will continue. Cause like no research team is diverse enough and big enough to be able to repopulate without massive inbreeding that would essentially ruin the species. Mm-hmm. You can't revive a species with just 20 people. Yeah. That's that doesn't exist. That's not how it works. So I'm just, I'm looking at it going, damn, (laughs) all right, I see you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually had a lot of fun writing this. (laughs) Kill them dead. Kill them all. All Okay, your turn for um, BSing your way through society current.
1: Okay, so this world is definitely a communicating world. It's a world with very advanced communication skills and things like that. Um, But the thing is, is the Poe and the Sunskin don't communicate with each other. They don't see each other's language. That is the one thing about this world is as overlapping and connected as it is, I could write in stone a message Mm -hmm. and the other side would not see it. The there is no communication between realms they are completely shut off from one another they only remember the name of the different sides from their history books mm-hmm. they only know it as such okay. so they've not seen a they've not seen or communicated with it there's no declarations of war there is no you evil sons of guns we'll kill you we'll kill you first we'll take over this world and and remove you you plague that thing has not happened and it never has happened and it never will happen they cannot communicate with the other side there's written language but it does not cross the barriers between the two sides of this world and there is religion um the sunskin have you know worshiped you know light and brightness and warmth and the Poe have you know really worshipped the twilight, darkness, nighttime, the cool, the soft, um, those kinds of things. Very, you know, very clear delineations between the two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, the population has been pretty steady. There has not been real big population booms, in part because resources are going not to high levels of population. But instead, the resources have been going in to trying to minimize the impact of the other side because they are pests. Um, Each side has their own completely individualized resources. If I were to pluck an apple from a tree, I would not be plucking the Poe's apples. So raising a field would not affect the Poe. They would still be able to harvest that field. As a sunskin, I would not be starving them because I cut down all the trees um that much is clear on either side um that they cannot starve one another out they are completely separate in terms of their resources they cannot interact the only way that they can interact is in they they can for example interact in building a building so, if, they, if I were to build a building and put scaffolding on it, and those fancy little gargoyles and the murals and the things like that, that would communicate to both sides. Okay. Especially if both sides were building in the same spot. If I were to build my own personal home, that would not translate to the other side, but public shared things. That translates. I plant that apple tree to harvest. Both sides grow an apple tree. Okay. Um, city built a uh, city building, and whether or not they realize it, the Poe and the Sunskin have been building their public places in the same places on both sides without realizing it. If they were to literally just like stop building where they're building and build in a completely different spot, they would find that the influence of the other would vanish. Mm. They're not they're not affecting one another because it's almost like well my volcano is now on the other side of the world it's not the same side as you but they don't realize it and they are unconsciously following the exact same patterns as one another at the exact same time so they're both building city halls in the same spots they're building the same shopping malls in the same spots without realizing it it's almost like the darker side of themselves or the brighter side of themselves are reborn on both sides of the planet okay um or on both sides of this divide in the plane. Um, but there's no interaction. There's, you know, like I might paint a mural and the mural is of the sun and a Poe artist would come and they would start adding twilight and make the sun <laughs> setting and add darker colors and make it more night themed and I would come back the next day going, mother <laughs> 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 Sorry if you need to blame me out there. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, <laughs> um, so there, there's definite like interaction but none of it is ever direct it's almost like it's like seeing somebody coming and graffitiing your crap all the time and it just pisses you off so um there's some social stratifications like the well-to-dos are the ones who can better control their environment who have fewer people affecting their square plot of the world so you find less problem out in the more rural areas where there's fewer of those community buildings and public parks because it's cornfields and apple orchards and the like. But in the cities, the, the war is a big thing, and it is important. Um, and technology has really been focused on trying to control the environment. So, you know, a spe- work on construction moves quickly, okay. except when it doesn't, because they're both doing the same construction. And they get to battling over the stupid details, like, Doing roads, roads are easy. Roads get done because the idea is they are going to lay down the roads and the PO or the Sunskin aren't going to interfere in their roads. Mm. So the roads somehow get done faster. Okay, yeah. Maybe they don't always turn exactly where they might want to, but because they both roll, you know, run almost identical cityscapes um, without realizing it, they go about the same way. One might want to turn left around a hill instead of right around the hill, but they both want to get to the other side. Okay. And it gets done. But the public buildings tend to go over budget and they tend to last forever in their making because every single time they set one stone down, another stone is put next to it that does not complement or does not fit the theme. So murals get changed constantly. Mm. They keep graffitiing each other's worlds <sighs> and it pisses them off. So the more, so they, they thrive on technology that makes things get done faster um and to control their environment. so especially things like weather is a really big technological thing right now um so just you know finding ways to manipulate hot air currents and cold air currents in order to cause a more localized effect in the um in the weather to fit their idea okay. idealized stuff yes
0: yeah, interesting is that, yeah. is that all you got for now?
1: Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I like that. Is that the end, or do you have another section after this?
1: I don't really have a section after this in terms of story. I mean, I'll float one for you. You know, I'll tell you the story of some poe girl or boy. <laughs> that, uh, that's why you don't, like...
0: you don't have to. <laughs> you yeah. don't have to. Yeah. I liked it. Good job. It was an interesting Thank you. world. I, I really like the different take on the meaning of war, like rather than war of being a battle on a battlefield war was it was more of i would personally say it's more of a world a war of annoyance where they're just trying to um
1: who drew this dick on here (laughs) (laughs) is really what they're doing to each other
0: oh yeah but i i really like that it was it's i i I enjoy your worlds. i really enjoyed the different takes on them so i am going to go ahead and finish out my world this will be my last section this is society current coming once again from Janice Elwood, the annoying voice lady from the Space Collies. We are at an all-out war. They attacked us without warning, destroying the vessels we sent to the New World. We had to close our portals so they could not get us to could not get to us, giving us time to prepare for war. Now all of our resources go for making ships and vessels in order to fight back. The black ships threatened to wipe out our existence, so we did what we had to. All of our resources now go for fighting this war. We limited the amount of miners we sent out and have trained them to fight. Civilians volunteer and where we need it, we take those in by draft. Our lives have changed greatly since the attack started. Now, no one. Oh my lord! I do bad. No one feels like they are safe, and the mood in all of the colonies is very somber, as we have lost many people. Some feel as if the war will never end unless we are completely wiped out. The black ships are highly advanced and seem to host a technologically. Advanced race of sentient beings. They told us that we were not to enter the promised land and that our very existence threatens the safety of the universe. I believe we brought this on ourselves. As if the death of our own planet couldn't stop our ambitions, the death of many planets fueled us. Maybe we deserve this, but still we fight back. We have survived thus far and we push forward to the very end. This next part comes from Ander Bananoff, Captain of the Black Ships. I was against it at first, but after watching what they did to the rest of the universe, we had to do it. Yes, it is genocide, but it is is for the greater good of the entire universe. The
1: greater good. The greater
0: good. (laughs) (laughs) We used the First Son's technology to to create our army and controlled them from a group of motherships. That is what makes our small group of a few hundred people able to take on an army of billions. Admittingly, they have a strong army as they have pushed back against us hard. But soon, we will pierce the skies of their colonies. Only part of our society fights in the war. Others work on cultivating paradise, making sure that we don't destroy the very thing we protect. The rest of us work on learning more about the technology the First Sons left, improving upon what was already given to us. To take from the planet would be counterproductive, so we recycle the ships that are destroyed and also the ships that we end up destroying. After this war is won, we would return to spend the rest of our days on Paradise. If we ever put ourselves in the same situation as our fellow men, we will destroy ourselves in order to save the universe from our own shortcomings. It is a bitter fate, but we will work to make sure that the destruction of the universe ends for good. Until then, we fight. And that is my world.
1: That is oh, so awesome. It's just this like dedication to ruination to save It's definitely one of those like greater good moments mm-hmm. like everybody's like for the greater good. But like in this moment it really is a matter of self-sacrifice for the betterment of others. Yeah. It's for the sentient beings that no longer exist. It's for those other races that they don't know about at all, but know are out there and would otherwise be ruined and destroyed and killed. Yeah. And the life, just the basic life, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, it's yeah, it's something. Yeah,
0: it's heavy, man. (laughs) Yeah, I I actually, I really enjoy working on this one. This like again to about a month and a half two months ago but this was one that like i started with the idea it's like i'm just gonna write and see where this all takes me because i have the idea of having like basically humans ended up ending up fighting humans to stop the destruction of the universe and then i just created this from there and it was it was a interesting one to write and like a lot of these because i think about this because Me and Cody have been talking about doing other things with the podcast, like maybe doing more of a going back and doing stories from each of our worlds. And some of them I feel like I've completely closed the world. But this one is like you could have more stories from this, like have like different war stories and like the different battles between the black ships and the space colonies. And you can go and see how life is affected on the colonies. And like so a story can be created outside of what was laid down in the expositional building of the world so
1: challenge for you and cody if you guys want to take in that direction you don't write stories for your world jordan you have to write for with for cody's and he has to write for yours. yeah
0: i thought about doing that like we will roll what the old like i will roll for one of our old worlds and then we switch like i have to tell a story for cody's and he has to tell a story for mine and that's going to make it very interesting, it's like, especially with some of the how worlds. how do you, like,
1: like understand and, and, like, kind of master all the different elements that aren't really quite talked about?
0: How do you create in something that someone else created? Like, because I could easily That's make. That's
1: fan fiction. Yeah.
0: It, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is fan fiction. Because, like, I could easily create in my own worlds because I know what I created. But, like it's also being able to pay attention and understand where the other person was coming from when they created their story. Yes. Yeah, so I'm excited to wherever this podcast leads really because it's just it's been fun. But anyways, um like we can keep doing these sessions because I have no more of a backlog of episodes left, so me and <sighs> you could keep doing episodes. Oh
1: my gosh, so I can become a regular guest on
0: Yeah. And so <gasps> if Ooh. Um, you won initiative, right? So you get to roll for the next world if I can find out where my chart oh! is.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. What? I'm so excited.
0: Do, 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 do.
1: I'm gonna roll it. Oh god, there's a few on here I really <laughs> don't want
0: to do. Right?
1: I mean, there's one that's a very Studio Ghibli world, and I just want to have the excuse to watch literally all the movies. Right? Ever. Because
0: they're the best. Um.
1: I haven't rolled above a 12 except for ones I rolled a 17. So we'll see which one of the, you know, first 11 I, uh, prompts I roll for. Okay. Good luck. All right. Here we go.
0: Ooh, scared.
1: 11. So a world based on the song Ooh, of Ooh, this is going to be good and hard. Okay. Oh my God. I don't even know what song to do. I might have to choose a Broadway song.
0: I'm going to do this one. This one's going to take a lot of thinking because there's a lot of songs that I can do.
1: I'm going to have to, like, listen to music for once. I, I'm, like, I don't want to be that person, like, I don't like music. I love music, but I hate listening to the same 40 songs, so I don't listen to music. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to figure something out. Ooh,
0: yeah. yeah, this, is, this one's going to be interesting. Oh, man. Because there's, there's so much to choose from, but then also being able to create a world from all the things that there are to choose from. And like, I don't want to do one where it's basically already a song that creates a world because, you know, that's easy. Hey,
1: Jordan. What's up? I already chose
0: my song. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man, it's going to be hard. I have two worlds to write for. Okay. Well, that is this episode. We'll figure out when to record next. It's going to be interesting. Especially once we get into holidays, it's going to be really hard to record. but
1: well, and you know the next time I turn on this equipment it won't work for an un- unknown and unspeakably ridiculous reasons. That's just
0: how computers work these days. It's only when you don't expect that they work. But um just quick um closing statements. Um well you don't have much to plug because yeah, you wanna keep zero internet presence. I am slowly yes. expanding my internet presence. Um so you can check me out. On my Twitch stream, which I'm doing now every Sunday from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, World Chop Podcast is now a part of the Wandering Gamer Network, which is Cody's network of podcasts that he um, does with a couple of other friends. And they do some actual play podcasts of tabletop RPGs. So they have a DD and d campaign... A uh, five ed and D campaign that they've done and they are actually right now running through a game that they call crystal heart which is based off of the rpg game in the web comic up to four players so if anybody wants to go listen to some of their stuff i highly suggest that they are really good podcasts and also you can now find my this podcast there so we are now partnered Anyways, that's all I got. Is there any closing remarks you want to make?
1: I don't know. Everybody, you know, spay new to your pets and <laughs> donate to a good charity. It is the holiday season's coming up, though, so genuinely give the gift of caring and find a place that you support, a place that is meaningful to you, yeah, but really and encourage though. instead of presents if you feel like you would just be getting things to instead yes. donate to people who need it. So... I know I'm going to be looking into that for myself this year to see about getting less stuffed and junk and getting more good in the world. Yeah. So, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Don't be the asshole who graffitis on another person's world. <laughs> be the person who builds with you instead. Yeah. And... You know, che- and cheesy remark.
0: But, but really, though, like... Especially with the world that I had, where it's like, oh, we're just taking, 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 destroy. Like, it is good, especially in the holiday season, to go and put out into the world. Like, do something good. Um, I've been thinking about this for a while, is wanting to, like, at least volunteer for a homeless shelter, or, like, volunteer for the food kitchen that's, like, near where I am. So, but yeah. really, like, if you can do some sort of good in this world, go ahead and do it. Don't be afraid. It's like, oh, but what if... No, just go and do it. Anywho with that super heavy-handed closing of go and do something good for this world we're gonna take off it's been a great week thank you for recording with me sabrina and we'll see you next time for world based on a song of your choice so talk to y'all later
1: i'll see you soon bye Bye.